Welcome to the Female Disruptors Office Hours, a podcast audio experience created for women by women. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. Each episode, I will interview females and minorities disrupting in their space. We're going to talk about how you can break through the age and gender discrimination, how women can take back your power, how you can have anything you want at any age. So let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Female Disruptors Office Hours podcast. I am so excited to welcome Lubna to be our guest today. And Lubna is also going to be one of the speakers at the Female Disruptors Annual Summit in January. So this is a little bit of a sneak preview of what to expect from Lubna, and we're going to find out about her story today, her journey. So welcome, Lubna. How are you? Oh, thank you for having me, Lisa. I'm doing flipping amazing. You look like you're doing amazing too. You're always so upbeat and positive, and I'm always in such a good mood when I talk to you or get an email from you. You got to have impact, and it could be as simple as showing up positive. Definitely. So before we get started, just tell us a little bit about where you're actually located, because we have our female disruptors that are globally in every time zone, and a little bit about your journey. Awesome. Well, I'm located in the Netherlands, so that is across the pond from you in Europe. And my journey started like for most people. I went to school, I went to university, I got myself a job and thought, okay, okay, this is my future. I'm going to build a career, go up the ladder, and it's going to be great. And it was absolutely great. But a couple of things happened along that journey that made me change my mind about some of these things. So one of the things that I was told, I was, and I still remember doing this, I came home from school one day into the living room and, and ambitiously and positively and high energy said, oh, I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to achieve this and I'm going to do that in my life and I'm going to do that. And after I'd finally settled down, my father said, well, if that's all you want to do, then you need to work really hard. And if that wasn't bad enough, <laughs> he said, and you have to work twice as hard because you're a minority in this country. Now, I had no idea. I was a 13, 14 year old girl. And and my father just told me, an authority figure, that is how you got to everything that I had listed as what I wanted to achieve in life. So that's exactly what I did. I worked really hard. Most of the time, sacrificing time with family, time for myself, time to relax, a lot of health and well-being mostly. And that didn't help. And, and I kept that going until well into my second job. And I was working at that time for the Dutch government and I had met my deputy director and we hit it off same passion, same ambition, really wanted to you know, change the world, have an impact, do the work that we love. Until one day the director came in and, and called us all in into the living room that was part of our office and said, she won't be coming back in the near future. And we were all like, what do you mean? Is she sick? Yes, she's sick. She has been diagnosed with a burnout. And in that moment, it was like getting a view into my future because I thought, if she can have a burnout, I'm on my way to getting one too, because we approach work in the same way. And in that moment, I made the very first disruption, which was there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a way to have it all, whatever that was, but not sacrifice health and well-being, not end up in a burnout because she spent nine months away from work. When she came back, she was never the same. So that all the passionate, that beautiful, positive, enthusiastic human being that I had gotten to know wasn't there anymore. And it didn't take her very long after that within a couple of years she was she was at a new job because it was just too much in that environment so for me it was it was I don't want to end up like that I want to do whatever I can do to keep that 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 spark that fire burning in me 
because I already knew that that was part of me. So I went on a journey to discover what are what are ways of working? How can you show up at work and how can you prevent sacrificing health and well-being, sacrificing relationships, sacrificing family? How can you balance and harmonize that in a way that it makes sense for you? Because it will be different for each and every single one of us. Well, fast forward many years and I got to a place where people, my colleagues, my clients were coming, you only do what you enjoy doing. And I'm like, hell yes. <laughs> That's what I want to do. And I didn't realize because for me at that time, it became normal. And I didn't realize that it wasn't normal for other people. And it took person number 30 to say to me, you only do what you enjoy doing in a period of a couple of years before I realized, wait a minute, I think there's something going on here. <laughs> I better pay attention. So every time someone say you only do what you enjoy doing, I said yes, and you can have that too. That's and something right. very miraculous would happen in those moments because I would get people to say, no, 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 because I'm different. <laughs> again, I thought, okay, if that's your, your excuse, feel free. I'm having fun. But again, I went to around 30 people and by person number 30, I went, if they think I was born this way, they are so mistaken. This is by choice. This is intentional creation. And because of that, anyone can do it. It's a matter of a choice. So that journey got me to learning a lot about how to show up at work, how to harmonize work, how to make the most out of time to now coaching people to do the exact same thing. That's awesome. And you actually witnessed somebody crash and burn from burnout. And I think that really probably was, um, you know, you said it's a wake up call, but if you don't witness somebody doing it, it's hard to tell if that's actually happening to you. You would probably not have identified this as like, whoa, this is a red flag for myself because you were, you know, this is somebody that you looked up to. And, you know, it's almost like, you know, cause we've talked about this, that I suffered from burnout too. And, you know, gone through that process, but it's almost like prior to us actually like recognizing burnout as something society, you know, whether it was women, whether it was minorities or whether it was just professionals or entrepreneurs, business leaders glamorized, you know, some of the, the, the ways that you practice work, which was yep work, work as late as possible, pull all nighters, wake up early, pretend like you can handle everything. Like that was like, a, a, like it was glamorized and romanticized to a point of where, you know, now we're actually recognizing that that's not healthy and it's going to lead to really down a really bad path. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, it's very, it's logical. We've been conditioned to believe that society has taught us these are the the criteria for success, you need to go to university, preferably, you need to get yourself a good job. And then when you are at that job, work yourself up the ladder. And, and there's something good, but there's also something bad about that way of going through your career, going through your life, because you are setting yourself up to living up to expectations that other people set. Mm hmm. And the only thing that I've discovered people do that even if you hit a goal, because I had I had that I was I was ambitious enough and driven enough to uh, whatever my manager said about if you want to get promoted or you want to to get a bonus, this is what you need to do. And I would do exactly that and I would get it. But then they would say, yeah, we decided to give the promotion to someone else this year. You'll you'll your your turn will come next year. And I'm like, but wait a minute. You told me what I needed to do. I've done it. Check mark. Let's go. But that wouldn't happen. And I think that when you keep living up to other people's expectations or other people's definition of success, you'll end up in a situation even before you potentially burn out mm -hmm. where you're thinking, 
I'm on a hamster wheel that has no destination because the destination keeps moving on me. The goalpost keeps moving forwards and I, I don't seem to get anywhere to feel that dopamine hit in that moment and say, okay, I'm here. But when you're there, you'll just be, okay, but now there's the next step on the ladder and the next step on the ladder. And I, I've spoken to a lot of people who've had more success than I have. And the majority of them tell me that they had they had everything that society had told them about how to be successful, but they didn't feel fulfilled. And that's that lack of fulfillment and everyone feels it is what eventually causes the gap between who you are and how you want to show up and how you want to express yourself and what you're actually doing in the context of work to live up to other people's expectation. And that gap, that, that becomes consequences mentally, emotionally, physically. And before you know it, your body will take over and say, and now it's my turn. Yes. Well, I'm so excited to have you as a speaker in January to talk about how to be a transformational leader. So without giving away too much on what you're going to be talking about then and some, some action insights. What can you prepare us for between then and now that we can do just to kind of like maybe get a little bit of a, a little ahead? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I can't really promise that everything that I will tell you today is probably going to be different than when I tell you when I was speaking at the summit. Usually it is because, well, we're, we're a couple of weeks or months out and life goes on and we evolve. But the premise of what I'm going to be speaking about is what if you are a transformational leader? I know that people, when they hear the word leadership, think of senior executives, people in large organizations that manage a lot of people. But for me, there is a very important distinction between being a manager and being a leader. I have different expectations around the leader. And I believe that each and every one of us is a leader and has the potential to be a transformational leader. But most of us go through life not thinking or even realizing that we are. That's true. It's very true. Yes. So you, you can be a leader in your day. <laughs> you can be the leader of your life. You can be the leader of your family. You can be the leader of your community. You can lead a volunteer group. You don't have, to, it doesn't have to be in the context of work, but you, you can use it there. You're the leader of your career and you're the creator of your career. And as such, you need to take control, which has everything to do with why I believe that you should intentionally create your career. And it's something that I'm teaching students in at a college here in the Netherlands about instead of you trying to work towards, well, school needs me to check mark one, two, three, four, five, and then I'm off to work and then I'll start my career. How can you use what you're doing here at school to boost your career, to start creating what you want to, who do you want to become and what you want to do ideally so that you can get into a place where you say, I only do what I enjoy doing and I'm getting paid to do it. I love that. And the theme of the summit this year is how to become unstoppable. So yes. any tips on what we can do maybe on a daily basis that would be a good habit to become unstoppable? Well, I believe that to become unstoppable is to realize that you are the intentional creator and leader of your own life. And every domain in your life, you can create what you want to have happen. And when you start from that foundation, which is working from the inside out instead of the outside in, which most people have been brought up to do, 
you have a foundation that is so strong that no one will stop you. They can try. I mean, I've had a lot of people tell me that will never work. You'll never get permission. That is career suicide. And I never let that stop because there was a foundation inside of me that gave me the strength, the confidence, the optimism, and the hope to go, you know what? I'm going. You can get on my train or not, but I'm still going. I love it. Well, Ludna, I'm so excited to hear even more of your stories and your your insights and your encouragement and your positivity at the Female Disruptors Virtual Summit, January 18th. This podcast interview is just a little bit of a sneak peek, but where can, just if you're listening, where can our audience follow you and reach out to you? Well, connect with me on LinkedIn. That's the best platform to do that. And you can follow me there or send me a connection request. I'm, I'm active on that platform. Great. And I just want to add fun fact on how we met. It's, I mean, you know, we met kind of like in this web three crypto journey that we're all exploring. And that is going to be another track that is going to be, we're going to be talking about and, and giving access to is, you know, how women can get into web three, get into crypto, learn and not be the minority in that category. So I'm excited that we're both in it together, learning together and more to come. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you, Lubna. Well, thank you for having me. See you at the summit and namaste. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Female Disruptors Office Hours. If you want more, please check out our website at femaledisruptors.com. We are hosting the second annual Female Disruptors Virtual Summit in January 2023, and I would love to see you there, femaledisruptors.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, The Buyer Group, Goat Social, and Social Media Pros.